Greetings. Welcome to another episode, another discussion of Harlem 411 and Beyond. I'm your host, Kezia Glow, and my co-host, Linda Mondesire and Haja Worley, they're with me in thought. I am so glad that you guys are here with us for another week. Today, we're going to get into a topic of financial wellness. You know, a lot of people say, I guess, money is the root of all evil, but it's pretty evil when you are broke or when you can't get your life together. So I want to welcome Randy Peralta of Also Credit Advisors. He's known as Mr. Credit, and I'm so glad to have you here on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are and, you know, how you got into assisting people with financial wellness? Well, I'm going to bring it before I got into it because it'll all tie in. So I used to do cell phone sales. I used to work for T-Mobile, AT&T. Then I went to Sprint. Then I said, you know what, let me have a little bit of a career change. Uh, I'm somebody that I was more in my career path. I was trying to find my identity. Okay trying to find out what was really going to make sense, what was going to tie me in, what was going to be my passion. And, um, you know, I went into, after cell phones, I went ahead and uh, jumped right into being uh, a store manager for Firestone, which is like the auto company that does repairs and whatnot for autos. And I said, you know what, I'm not really feeling this too much. And I then jumped into banking. I went into Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank uh, gave me the opportunity to work for them. And um, and when I started there, right, it was something that they really gave me the chance to uh, understand finance more naturally because you're working at a financial institution. But it was more for my own personal gain that I was trying to learn it. And um, I, I was able to acquire my Series 6, 63, 65, all through Chase. And these are all licenses that are for investment, okay, financial advising, investments, and whatnot. And when I was there, you know, it was it was a good run, a really good run. And it was something that I enjoyed finance, but I enjoyed more helping out people understand the back end, you know. And then as I was working for Chase and uh, through time, you know, became what they would call. And this is something that it was more given to me by clients and, you know, my managers. But I became more like a celebrity banker, you know, because I was dealing with celebrities. I was dealing with you know, um, high affluent clients, and my name really started ringing bells. After some time, you know, the, the, the main purpose behind being in Chase for me became clear. It was more like, hey, look, I really like helping out people. Really do, honestly. It's, it's like a, for me, it's, it's an adrenaline for me to have people understand things that you really don't go to school for. So long story short, I went ahead and I was working there for some time, a buddy of mine, uh, Amos, came along as a coworker, and uh, long story short, for that, he uh, he left the company, and then he told me he was like, "Hey, Randy, I'm interested in offering you a position. Uh, I have a credit repair company. Uh, I would love for you to go ahead and join me. We can go on this joint venture together and go ahead and help out everybody." And after explaining him explaining everything to me and understanding everything, I said, well, listen, that sounds good to me. Credit is something that is going to be a cement platform for everything. And you see it with credit cards, you see it with loans, you see it with everything. So that's something that helping out people with that ties directly back into 
my desire to understand finance and to help people with finance. So that pretty much sums up the experience when it comes to where I came from, who I am. Uh, cool stories behind it, but that's about it. I mean, I, I really do enjoy doing this. And it's how we eventually became more, I guess you could say, uh, loving of the feedback and more of the understanding because there's I would have to say in order for you to get into credit repair you have to understand the back end of finance you really do because it's something that it all ties in together and if you don't understand it you're not really going to be able to give that proper advice and guide and coach people through these different things um, that essentially you're going to be helping them with one way or another so this is why for us it really made sense and that's why I jumped on, on the board well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Now, you said a few things. You know, um, you said you, in order to understand credit repair, you have to have a backing in finance. Most of us don't have backing in finance. And when we think of credit, we're like, okay, well, I want to have, have good credit so I can buy a house or I want to have good credit so that I can apply for a credit card. But oftentimes, as young people, we may get credit cards and, you know, spend them and uh, perhaps maybe not take care of the bills. Or we may get into a situation. Um, I know for myself personally, I've gotten into situations where it's like, man, you know, things happen, life happens, um, and it throws you a curveball. So everybody has a different story with their credit. And for some people, you know, their credit is, is great, and that's awesome as well. Can you tell us, number one, what is credit and why is credit so important? Before I get into anything else, I really want to understand why credit is such a big deal. Credit is, and that's a really, really important question because once you understand that, you can kind of trickle down into everything else. So. Credit is essentially the financial resume of each and every single individual when it comes to finance, and pretty much it measures your likelihood of repaying back debt, okay? Any kind of debt, a credit card debt, an auto loan, a mortgage, personal loan. So essentially that's just letting lenders know, hey, look, this is my likelihood of paying this back. And the way that they measure that is with this credit score. The credit score, the higher the credit score, the higher the likelihood of you paying that debt back. So now that unlocks the confidence of that lender in either giving you a higher credit limit or a combination of giving you a higher credit limit and a low interest rate or just giving you the loan at all. So it all depends on really what you're applying for. Obviously, you factor in your debt to income ratio, your, your income that you're making, but the gist of it is the credit score and credit is just a measurement of your overall ability to pay something back. Um, I know sometimes people are told don't get credit cards. Other people are told get credit cards. What What is the significance of, of any of that? And should you have credit cards? What does that really mean? Well, getting credit cards and not getting credit cards, that notion really derived off of the fear of not really understanding credit and how to manage that. In some cases, um, you know, I, I deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis. That question is very popular, okay? Or, or that actually, that concern is very popular. Like, oh, no, you know what? I'm, I don't, I don't want to deal with credit cards. I don't want to deal with it. I've actually had people say, no, that is, you know, that is taboo. I, I'd rather not. 
is something that's too difficult to manage. And in reality, it's it's really simple to manage. Some people get uh, uh, thrown off for a loop when it comes to having a credit card, not having a balance, but then the credit card closing out on you because you didn't use it. And a simple little thing as using the card once a year will resolve that problem because each and every single credit card requires uh, a certain level of activity in order for it to remain open. And in most cases, in most financial institutions, they just want you to have a credit card used at least once a year. And that would just deter that and keep the account open. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that you don't have to maintain a balance on the credit card in order for you to actually reflect good credit. That's the cool thing about that. Just you having the credit card open with zero balance, it's gonna report that you have an outstanding uh, payment history, which is a, a good payment history. So that's something that essentially will help you out. So going back to that and, and the original question of yours, having credit cards is actually very important, okay? It's actually one of the uh, a component of the five keys of the FICO score, okay? Having a mixture of diversification on your credit report is very important, okay? Uh, in order for you to achieve uh, the best tier of credit, now some credit card or some um, credit bureaus measure credit at 850, at 900. It, it's really just a matter of what you have, what is compiled of your credit report to reach the highest number obtainable. So in order for you to get that, you need to have a personal loan, obviously with an on-time payment history on the credit report, revolving accounts, okay, with low balances and excellent payment history, mortgage with excellent payment history. And that's pretty much the most, most gist of it. And obviously you don't wanna to have too many inquiries. You wanna have your balances as low as possible. And then you also, obviously you wanna have like an auto loan on the mixture as well. You know, if you ever had one in the history and you've had excellent payment history, you know, that's obviously going to supplement the credit report and help you out boost the score. So when it comes to, again, that question of how does credit, you know, having good credit, not having credit, how does that really measure up? Um, I tell people always, listen, you want to be able to understand the concept of credit, how to utilize credit. That way you can alleviate that fear. So that's really what it derives from, just the fear of managing it, the fear of the fees coming in. I mean, granted, there are credit cards out there that really charge you nasty fees unnecessarily, um, but there are really good ones out there as well, you know? So that's what I would say to that. I mean, we teach our clients that when they're in the program, you know, uh, we teach them, even when they're not in the program, we teach it publicly, online and everything. It's public information for everybody. So it's just a matter of just pushing that public information out more and more and just teaching the community what they deserve to learn. One thing you said was... Um the the misnomer about the credit cards because sometimes you know someone may think um well if i if i pay off the credit card and close it out then i'm doing a good thing because i paid it off and i closed that out so it shows but realistically that may not what you're saying that that's not the case and so it's so many different things that we don't know and i want to move into um you know financial wellness within our communities, um, just because mm -hmm. there's a lot of information that is not often provided to people of color, black and brown people. Um, we often don't get certain um, certain information. And so mm -hmm. I think it's awesome that, you know, you are bringing this information to our communities. And, you know, and, and it's not just 
it's not just that we don't get this information, but it's, it's I, I would say it's a class thing oftentimes too. You know, um, sometimes if you're not wealthy, then you're not aware of a lot of things that are going on, even with your taxes, even with tax breaks. Can you just speak of, you know, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on our communities not having the same um, information as far as financial wellness is concerned? I'm personally, you know, the type of person that I like to pump out that information. It's it's not fair that we don't have that information, like, already available. It's something that it really needs to be taught in school. Uh, I believe that financial literacy should be something that should be taught. I believe that it's something that you really needed to become an adult. That should be like one of the classes in there. Like, hey, look, now this is how you become an adult, financial literacy, you know, and they should make that like a whole semester long type of thing for everybody to learn it. But it's not. And that's the problem. Okay. Um, that's the problem. A lot of people don't understand when it comes to taxes, don't understand when it comes to interest rates, don't understand when it comes to credit, obviously. I find it that it's more complex for people to understand this, right, than anything else, when in reality, if you dig deep into it, it's so simple to understand. Once it's brought it out to you into light, you're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't think you can do that. And I like the reference when it comes to credit, it's like a little game. You want to play the game right, okay? You want to make sure that you have all the pieces the way that they should be fitting, okay? So then that way, it's not something that you're uh, later on struggling with fees or interest or anything like that. But I believe that, honestly, that the community really deserves, everybody deserves to have this information readily available for them, something that should be pumped out just on a frequent basis. You know, that way, anything new, any changes, anything like that, it just is more beneficial for them to have that readily available. An example of that was in 2017, they proposed a change, okay, to uh, what's reported on the credit report, Okay. And this was, again, in 2017, in April, and that was referencing tax liens. Tax liens used to be reported on the credit report. And as of April of 2017, is no longer effective on the credit report. So that's something that's no longer reporting, no matter what you owe, nothing like that. And a lot of people didn't understand that. And I have clients that have enrolled with me recently, and they told me, yeah, I have a tax lien on my credit report. And they haven't even looked at their credit report. They're just assuming that it's there from back in 2017. And that's something I have to bring into light during the review process and let them know, hey, look, you know, this is something that you don't have on here and here's why. And I tell them, wow, I didn't know that that changed. And I tell them, yeah, well, no worries. This is what I'm here for. I'm here to let you know what has changed, what's current, and what we're going to do when it comes to that. So it's just really a missing, a big missing piece. And I believe that if a lot of people had this information available to them, we can avoid so many problems, so many fees, so many penalties, and just, you know, honestly, be able to achieve more with that uh, power of knowledge. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because financial health, kind of like, it falls in the category of like physical health and like mental health. And mm -hmm. because this causes a lot of anxiety, right? It, it destroys marriages. It causes people to be ill. You know, it causes a lot of stress. And so the job that you're doing is, is kind of like, you know, counseling people as well. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It you know, it's, it's really true because I'm sure when you talk to people, every, everyone is different. I'm sure of that. But when you talk mm -hmm. to people, 
you know, this is this is a very tough place for people to to deal with, especially, and I'm only speaking from my experience also, especially if you're not a finance person. You know, some people are very meticulous and they're really good at, you know, tracking their stuff, but some mm-hmm. of us are not. And so mm-hmm. when you sit down and have a conversation about these things, it's, it's oftentimes like um, our finances are attached to emotional, you know, issues. Some people they they hold on to things. Other people um, they don't they don't watch their funds. They're not looking at what they're spending. And I'm sure you have had like so many different experiences with with so many different types of people and different types of personalities. Uh, I uh, now that you mentioned that, I'm actually going to go ahead and apply for my uh, counseling license. And that's a yeah. joke. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, this is really important. And the thing about it is I always think of this like the legal, you know, field. It's like a different language. You know, like if you don't know this language, you're you're locked out of it, you know. And um, if you don't know what's available, like you said, if you don't know any updates or any changes, then you get locked out of this conversation. Would you suggest... And you know what's that- crazy about that? I'm sorry yeah, for cutting you off. You know what's crazy about that? Is that that is crazy because a lot of people would think that you need to be privileged in any means necessary to have this information and it's not it's nothing like that it's something that is just a matter of going out there gathering it or having it presented to you just something as a as a presentation just letting you know hey look this is what this this is what credit is and this is what it could do for you and this is how you can utilize credit instead of having it utilize you and mm. nine times out of 10, when I have that conversation with people, they're like, whoa, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, that's something that we obviously teach and we do that on a constant basis. But it's just like, for me, it's gratifying because it's like, boom, I just woke somebody up. You know, I just got somebody that now they're on, on the ball and I see it because while they're in the program or even if somebody is just trying to build credit, you know, I have many clients that they go ahead and they tell me, hey, look, Randy, you fixed my credit. Thank you so much. I have my son that wants to, now he just turned 18. He wants to go ahead and work on his credit. What would you advise? And then I would help them. And that's, for me, that's great because now they're just helping their gener- their next generation, their kids. They're helping them make a bigger difference than what they did and make sure that they don't go through that same error, you know, that same mistake, that same hiccup. And that for me and for the whole team of Alto Credit, we love that because that's just like, oh, my God, this is what we're here for at the end of the day. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your team and tell us how, you know, people can find you if they want to link up or if they have questions, you know, tell us about that. Amos Stevens. Okay. He's the credit maven on Instagram. Erica Bonilla, her uh, Instagram is I am Erica Bonilla, and she is. We're all advisors, okay. Uh, Amos and Erica are actually the CEO of the company. Uh, now, when it comes to me, I'm Randy Peralta. You'll find me as Mr. Credit Repair, so it's Mr. Credit Repair on Instagram as well. But um, as far as the team itself, what we do is we basically we have a processing side, we have a billing and accounting side. And then we have uh, the basically enrollment and the consultation side, which is what I manage. Uh, I make sure that I, I'm your main point of contact when it comes to enrolling into the company, going over your credit report, going over the details, the things, the errors, and encouraging you to understand that this is something that can be fixed. So as far as you know, the team itself, our approach is 
basically as a team approach. So each client is touching with, with each and every single one of us. Okay, we're helping you all the way from bankruptcies all the way down to inquiries. Okay, so we remove anything under the sun that is on the credit report. We've done it thousands of times, but it is something that we help you out. And, and we actually have like more of a signature uh, phrase that we say. It's more of a handheld approach is what we do. We make sure we walk you through every single thing so you understand from beginning to end what's to be expected when you get in and by the time you get out of the program. Mm, wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. You know, um, while you were saying that, I was thinking a handheld approach is 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 what's needed sometimes because it can be very overwhelming dealing with these things. What would you say to people who may have been affected by COVID-19 or, you know, like life kind of restructured for a lot of people recently, I would say like within the last year. And um, some people are, some people are doing great and that's wonderful, but some people had to restructure their whole situation. So what are some things that, um, you know, some pointers you can give to people, like if they have a lot of late payments or are there any calls that they can make or anything, any things that they should do to kind of pull together or try to save their situation? In, in regards to credit, the one advice that I've been giving lately, and it's been, it's been very impactful, okay? And this is obviously the majority of the uh, impacts on someone's credit report when it comes to credit. It, it happened between February, March, April, and May, which is obviously we all know when COVID hit the hardest. When it comes to that, I would say that the best suggestion, if you have a credit card, right? And, and you're struggling with payments or you struggled at one point in time, a lot of people don't know this, but if you just simply call the back of the card of your financial institution, okay, and you uh, tell them, hey, look, you know, I want to go ahead and change my billing due date. Well, that means that when your credit card is due, okay, you can change it. For most credit cards, uh, the last permissible date would be the 28th of every month. And obviously because of February. February goes up to that time. So we want to make sure we keep that in line. Now, that's something that I would recommend people to go ahead and synchronize all of their accounts into one date that makes sense. Now, everybody has a different financial situation. You know, some people are able to pay bills better through the beginning of the month, the middle of the month, or the end of the month. Me personally, I have all my bills uh, being paid at the end of the month. It makes more financial sense for me. So it's more of a dig deep, find out what's going to make more sense for you. You know, is it the beginning, the middle, or the end of the month? And then synchronize everything. You know, that way you can go ahead and not have to worry about the late payment. Because a lot of people have that issue that they have, they missed the payment that was due on the 15th of the month, right? Because they got paid on the 18th or the 19th of the month, okay? And now they get charged a late fee, okay? And the bank doesn't want to reverse the late fee. So that discourages you to paying that card. Okay, so rather than having that discouragement, change the billing due date so then that way you can avoid the late fee and pay your bill on time. Now we don't have to worry about that. But the other, most important thing is some people they focus on hitting the credit cards as hard as they possibly can with the biggest payment possible. Okay, if you can't make that payment, I'd rather obviously have you pay the roof over your head, right, than anything else because you gotta you gotta have somewhere to live. But make the minimum payment due. That's the best thing you can do at that point in time. If you're having a little bit of problems when it comes to payments, 
make the minimum payment due. Make sure you report that on-time positive payment to your credit report with just the minimum payment due and focus on trying again the following month. Focus on trying again to make that bigger payment and catch up, okay? That's really what I would recommend to people, especially during these hard times, just to avoid a bigger impact or a more, uh, you know, egregious impact on the credit report. That's, that's my take on that. Oh, that is really, really helpful, really helpful. And, um, you know, I just wanted to invite you back to the show. Um, I'm hoping that you'll come on more often and help us because they are saying that these COVID numbers are going back up again, which means mm -hmm. that we may experience more shutdowns, which means it, there may be more losses. You know, we really don't know where the situation is going, but we don't want to, we don't want to lose our credit, our things, our, our homes. So many people who are going through housing court right now because a lot of people could not pay rent. There are thousands, millions of people in New York City who, um, you know, couldn't pay their rent because of COVID. Does your, does back rent go onto your credit report? The, well, there's, there's a yes and there's a no to that, okay? Um, in most cases, and, and this is where the no part comes into play. They don't put it on your public record on the credit report really what hits your public record on your credit report would be your like a bankruptcy that's that's obviously very you know impactful and that's going to be on there but uh if the property management company or the landlord decides to go ahead and hire a collection agency okay that collection agency may or may not put that on the credit report okay as a collection account representing the original creditor, which could be either the property management company or the landlord itself. So that's something that if that person is going through that situation, you know, uh, I would always recommend them. Don't ignore it. Okay. Obviously, you know, I hope you don't go through these problems, but it is something that now more and more as we, as the days go by, we're realizing that this is becoming more of a reality than anything else for most people. Okay. Uh, if you are going through this, okay, the only advice that I can honestly give you is try to at least figure out a payment arrangement or try to settle it outside of court. You know, a lot of landlords, they just want to get some kind of money, property manager, some kind of money. If you tell them, hey, look, you know, this is all I can afford. Obviously, I couldn't pay you guys. This is why we're in court to begin with. You know, can we work something out outside of court? You do two things with that. You're able to handle it, of course, outside of court. So you save time. You know, unfortunately, at that point, when you get to that point, you know, the realization of moving out of that property is there, okay? But at least you won't have that option of having them hit your credit report, right? Which honestly gives you the opportunity to move in into another property, okay? Because mind you, if it's on your credit report, uh, that's going to bring down your score. And then that's something that's going to impact you when getting into another property. So if you settle it outside of court and no judgment is filed against you, you'll avoid a big problem later on. The fees that are associated with this as well, you avoid that, okay? Additional fees and fines and anything of that nature. And, and again, one more time, just to recap, it's more of a avoiding it hitting your credit report. So negotiate with them outside the court. Tell them, listen, I'm willing to give you $2,000. If you owe them three or four, I'm willing to give you, you know, X amount. And can we get that on a payment plan? You know, can we make this work out? I, I'd rather you not hit my credit report with that. And don't be afraid to say that to them. You know, tell them, listen, I really, I didn't ask for this. Obviously, nobody does. But this is what, you know, was presented to me at this point in time. And I'm trying to make it right. 
you know, can we settle this outside and can we go on a payment arrangement? That's honestly my best advice, just to avoid a big problem down the road. Got you. Got it. Well, Randy Peralta, I want to thank you so much for sharing this information with us. And like I said, I would really love for you to come back again. Once you're on the show, then then you're family. So, you know, I want you to come (laughs) back. Right, exactly. And come on and share this information and just help us through these times. Because like I said, everybody is in a different space. Some people are not um, you know, dealing with certain things, but many people are. And this information is very helpful because, like I said, the the um, the financial wellness causes anxiety, causes stress, causes sleepless nights. And yes, you need to go get your counseling license because you are <laughs> counseling people as well. But yes, um, yes I bring I, down I, people from their from their crisis, and and that's something that when it comes to that, you're absolutely right. Uh, I have clients that have, even while I'm going over their credit report, they're breathing heavily and you can hear it. And then I, I've i asked a few times, like, hey, is everything all right? And then they tell me, no, it's just, I don't want to go over this. You know, this is something that's embarrassing for me. You know, I never thought I would be here. And it's like, nobody did. Nobody thought that. Nobody said that, hey, and this day and this year, you're going to be going through this. You know, it's just things that happen. And that's something that I help people understand that I'm here to help. My team is here to help. We're here to change things around just to make sure that you have a second chance when it comes to financial freedom. And we make sure we make that happen because when it comes to us, we have a uh, client satisfaction policy behind us. You know, it's something that we want to make sure that our clients are happy. And for having me on the show, I'll come as many times as you need me to. I'll be honored to be on the show. It's awesome. Uh, So for something like that, that's something that I'm always willing to bring any information I can as many times as I can bring it to the show. And uh, just to help people understand that I'm here to help. We're here to help uh, as a team together along with you. And that's something that, you know, we just want to make sure that we give as much information to the community as they possibly can withstand, which is a lot. We have a lot. How can people contact you? Um, Mr. Credit Repair on Instagram. Uh, That's one method. Or you can go ahead and shoot me an email at Randolph, R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H, at Alto Credit, which is A as in Apple, L as in Larry, T as in Tom, O as in Oscar, credit.com. If you want to go ahead and shoot me a text, feel free to shoot me a text. My phone number is 914-505-6209. I'm free to anybody who wants to talk to me, anybody who wants to shoot me a text, an email, or even an Instagram. You know, uh, my team and I, we're working on, you know, creating more content for online so that's something that we'll be throwing free educational pieces online as well. We even, we're even working on a credit checklist uh, very soon. That, that's something that's going to be able to help people remain in line, organized, especially in these tough times. So that's something that's going to be free to anybody. So if you want it, you know, we're, we got it for you. So just reach out to us and we'll help you out. Awesome. Awesome. And that number you said is 914-505-6209? Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Randy, thank you so much for dropping into the show. Stay well, and we will see you. We will talk to you next time you come to Harlem 411 and beyond. Awesome. Honored to be here, guys. Everybody, have a good one. Have a good evening, and thank you for having me. You are still in the Harlem 411 and beyond zone. Stay right there and don't go nowhere. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. 
I'm Linda Mondesire, and this is Thinking Healthy Thoughts on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Today, I'm going to continue our series on the ways to live a happy life. In the first series, as we recap, we said, number one, take care of yourself. Number two, live in moderation. Number three, don't be promiscuous. Number four, help the youth. Number five, to the youth, honor and help your parents. Number six, set good examples. Number seven, live truthfully. Number eight, do not murder with the differentiation to killing, which includes protection of one's family and self-defense. Number nine, obey justified and righteous laws. And 10, support a government designed to run for all the people of the land. Now, remember I said that we all have specific ideas about how to be happy. But in a dysfunctional world with depression on the rise, we may be defining happiness through muddy lenses of ego and self, you know, self-enlightenment or entitlement, narcissism, capitalism, and the many other isms that are out there. Now, none of these can bring true happiness. And I also said that anybody can be happy regardless of their lot in life. They can be rich or poor. Now, this information is provided by Scientology, but its principles run through the veins of all righteous and spiritual thought. Whichever one you're in, it applies. So I'm not promoting any specific religion, just reasonably sane, moral, ethical concepts that can apply to absolutely all of us. Okay, so here are the final 10 ways to happiness. Number 11, don't be a bully or harm persons of goodwill. Now, let me explain this. We constantly say to ourselves, there is evil in the world. But I'm pointing out that there are good people too, like sincere public workers or opinion leaders. Now, we currently call them social workers, nurses, teachers, activists firemen, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if they weren't people of goodwill, they would have quit a long time ago and gone on to something a lot more lucrative. These people are easy to attack, and their very decency prevents them from overprotecting themselves, yet our society absolutely depends upon them. They are street workers, they, they counsel our children, they take temperatures, they put out fires, they speak good sense and quiet, you know, voices. They should be protected at all costs because they keep the world spinning positively and properly. Number 12, safeguard and improve your environment. Now, what I mean by this is care for your appearance because you're part of the scenery okay, that other people have to look at and they, you have to look at them. So as you judge others, they are also judging you, okay? Um, let's see, cleanliness is a primary focus here too, um, and clothes don't have to be very expensive. Now, whether or not you've been mentally degraded, 
lack of self-care is a symptom of lack of self-respect. So if you get messy, all you have to do is clean up as soon as possible. Now, like I said, a disfigured environment with unkempt people can cause a depressing effect upon one's moral and the morals of the community. So encourage people around you to look good by complimenting them when they do and then help them when they don't. It also helps them as well. Now, you should also take care of your own area at home or at work because when people are messy, it's a symptom of their feelings that they don't feel that they belong and they don't really own anything. Now, an example of this in the neighborhood is vandalism. Now, the poor, by definition, are always being harassed in some form or fashion, okay, and and they come to feel that they don't belong. But rich or poor, this issue can also cause disorder in those around them. So the key here is the skill of organizing your possessions and knowing that caring can also be taught, like a new idea. Um, for example, learning to put something back where you found it so that it can be found again. How many times have you spent hours looking for something? <laughs> That's a waste of time. Okay, finally, okay, help to take care of our planet. It's our home and what's happening in faraway places can affect us right here. And we're seeing it with global warming. Speak out, plant a tree. If you're retired, join an organization bent on helping the planet or support some opinion leaders who support global warming. We as humans are destroying the planet and we must push back and support actions of saving it. Otherwise, we could all be losing our home. Number 13, do not steal, because the law of reciprocity is always at work. A career thief usually lives in secrecy. The items have to be hidden, and the prisons are filled with them. And I must point out right here that sometimes a so-called thief is not really a thief, as in the case of Harriet Tubman. Okay, she freed the slaves who were owned by their slave masters. No one should be owned by another. Enough said about that topic. Number 14, be worthy of trust. If you can't trust those people around you, you yourself is at risk. When those around you let you down, your own life can become disoriented. Mutual trust is the firmest building block in human relationships. And when you have it, you're deemed valuable. Those around you should demonstrate it, and they should also earn it. So keep your word when you give it, and one should never permit another to give his or her word lightly. Insist upon reliability. It's not a casual matter. The way to happiness is easy when traveling with people that you can actually trust. Number 15, fulfill your obligations. Now, we, we go through life and incur many obligations. For example, like the one you owe your parents. You owe them a debt for bringing you into the world and raising you if the parents did so. Also, you must allow others to pay off their obligations, like a small child trying to be helpful while messing everything up. When you stop this process, you might get replaced 
with a child who's feeling entitled or backing up and not not you know not wanting to do any kind of work or refusing to be helpful and stop paying off his or her debt now people have to be able to also discharge their debt or the mental obligations are going to pile up in their head and become a burden to them mhm yep number 16 be industrious work and always be busy at something that leads to actual production Morals are boosted to high highs by accomplishments, and you must have purpose in order to be idle. Number 17, be confident. In the age of high-speed machines, relationships, and family, incompetence can threaten the lives and the future of one or many people. The test of true confidence is in the end result. For example, a competent pilot and crew gets his plane to its destination safely. A competent relationship gets to the end of life happily and faithfully. Now, mind you, there are situations that are out of your control that would have no bearing upon your competence, so just keep that in mind, too. Now, also, be competent, but to be competent, see what you see and not when someone tells you to see. What you observe is what you observe. Don't look at others through their clouds of prejudice and fears. If another person can't see it for themselves, it's not going to be real to them. The conclusion will always be up to them. What a person sees is their reality. Number 18 is a no-brainer, but we still have those who don't respect this rule. Respect the religious beliefs of others. Tolerance is a good cornerstone to better human relationships. And if all the brightest minds of the world have not been able to agree on the subject of religion from times gone way back, who are we to say that it is so? Disrespect others and their religion and demand that they respect yours. Number 19, do unto others what you would have done unto you. This is the golden rule. Of course, only a saint would go through life never harming anybody, but only a criminal hurt those around him without a second thought. The prisons and insane asylums are filled with such people. Just practice good behavior and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, last but not least, flourish and prosper. When others try to crush you down or become the subject of attacking you, these people are trying to push you down. They see you as dangerous, and they want you to fail. Now, the real way to handle them is to flourish and prosper. They may attack you all the more, but never give up. Sometimes these same people will finally give up themselves, but if they don't, just keep on moving. I hope this was helpful for you. We here at WHCR wish you the very best in the way to happiness. I'm Linda Mondesire, and this is Thinking Healthy Thoughts on WHCR 90.3 FM. Have a great day. Kiss on